For me, what is essential in coming together is why. Why do we come together? And that why should determine the hows, right? It's, it's understanding why we come to church is more important than how we do church. Because how we do church should come from the very reason why we come to church. So when I look at the, the first believers, why do they gather together? Why, what caused them to constantly devote themselves to one another um, is, is, is shown to us in the scripture. It says that they experienced God together. The Holy Spirit came upon all of them. So when we come together, we are coming together with an anticipation that Holy Spirit will meet us, that we are creating space to encounter God. That is number one reason why we gather together, to meet God together. Amen? This is the reason why we should be wanting to come together. Because, you know, just like food, when we share with each other, this is how I think, when I cook for people and for my families, it gives me a great delight because I know that I'm going to be sharing with other people, right? In the same way, when we come together in Christ and praying and, and worshiping and, and even sharing of real food, there's a greater sense of delight when we come together. And that is the essence of church, that there is delight and anticipating because there's the, the shared experience of Holy Spirit among us. So there's one number one reason why we gather together. We gather as a church to experience God in our midst. Second reason why we gather together is because um, it creates a microcosm of how we should live like Jesus. Church is a place where we can practice how to be more like Jesus here so that we could even be brighter and greater witnesses out in our world. Now, how do I see that in our text, right? And it's like, you might ask, well, Chris, where do you see that church is supposed to be a microcosm of the way we should be more like Jesus? Well, the, our passage tells us, now if I go back, um, it tells us that people were continually devoting themselves to apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, this passage says prayer, but it should be prayers, right? They met for many um, prayer times. Now, if we look at this, to, um, it's, it's interesting that the word fellowship and breaking of bread are put side by side. In our contemporary world, these two are kind of similar, fellowship, breaking of bread. When you think of fellowship, you think of, oh, you know, having coffee over donuts uh, with donut after church or coming together uh, for people's birthdays and, and different celebrations, and we have fellowship, right? And we eat in a fellowship. Usually there's food in fellowship. So these two words seem to uh, repeat itself. But when we look at the word fellowship here, in the Greek form, it is the word, go. Oh, oh, koinonia. Can you all say that, koinonia? Koinonia, all right. This word has a rich meaning that kind of gives us a window into what 
their meetings might have been like. It wasn't just like, oh, come together and we'll have fun and, you know, uh, we have share some uh, special moments, special milestones in our lives, but it was something deeper. Koinonia is a relational term. It means unity, it, including sexual unity. It means, um, sorry, uh, it, it means coming together, it's partnership, it's altruism, it is giving of oneself to another. So in essence, it is a covenantal relationship. What they were doing, the koinonia, what they were doing was a deep kind of fellowship. Not just coming together and, and celebrating each other and celebrating God and just sharing of meals. It wasn't these light kind of meetings. They were deeply sharing their lives with one another. So then as they share their lives together, something amazing happens. Our scripture also tells us that what do they do? They sold their possessions, right? They sold their possessions and they brought it and shared, they shared everything that they had in common with one another. Now, tell me that that is not a miracle. No one maybe in cult, maybe, some cults do, <laughs> but no one, I cannot force you to go and sell everything that you have and, and give it to the church, right? That is something that only some, a supernatural thing would have to happen in your heart for you to move to do, be that kind of, uh, to be that generous. So what I see is that the Bible is not mandating us to go and sell everything that we have and to give to others. And it's an example of what happens when we come together and experience the Holy Spirit, experience God together in our midst, and we have life together in a deep way where we are committed to each other, right? So that we can become more like Jesus. And as a result, as a result, there is a supernatural miracle that happens among us. Maybe that is in the way of generosity, this extreme generosity. Or it could be just that extreme sense of joy and gladness, right? But something happens because God's presence was experienced together. And that is the beauty of what, what, uh, how we come together as church. Because when we meet under the banner of the name of Jesus, when we meet under the banner of the name of Jesus, we come expecting God's miracles among us, in us, and through us. Now the word koinonia is a way I'm, I'm proposing that is a way of Jesus because, in, because Jesus demonstrated that for us while he was on earth. He already demonstrated for us how to live. He went into people's homes, he, when you read the Gospels, he ate a lot. He ate constantly with people. So he ate with people. He went into people's homes. He taught constantly. And he, out of compassion, healed people. He demonstrated what koinonia is. And so that we can live what that means in our lives to be deeply connected and deeply concerned with one another. 
Now, on a Sunday service, it's, it's hard to develop that, right? Because you have a limited time and, you know, different people come from different um, sort of starting points. And so it may be difficult to create that. And that is why I think it's so important to meet beyond the Sunday services, that there is a continual devotion of one another to come together to pray to share our hearts and lives in vulnerability and openness. And I want to propose that this koinonia that we learn in our midst is what we take out. So the purpose of church is to gather, to gather in koinonia, in deep fellowship with God and deep fellowship with one another. And but the mission of the church is not to just continue to gather and continue to make our group bigger, but mission of the church is to scatter. Mission of the church is to go. So Jesus said to his disciples, wait, right? Wait for my Holy Spirit. And once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what will happen? You will be witnesses. And you will go to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Right? So when we look at the Great Commission to go and make disciples, really the word go is not the commanding verb. It's, it's actually the way it's, uh, the way it's written, it should be reading, as you go, make disciples. So making disciples is the commanding verb. Going is assumed. So as Christians, going is in our DNA. Going is assumed. We are to go. That is already assumed in who we are. Amen? So we are to go to Jerusalem, which is where we are, to Judea, to Samaria, to ends of the earth. This is not one or the other. This is not sequential. But the idea is go everywhere. Go to all. And that is what we are called to be as a church, that we are called to go to all. But what are we taking? What are we doing when we are going? We are taking what we have learned in our gatherings, the koinonia, the deep fellowship with God, deep fellowship with one another is what we are taking. I think the mistake of our Christianity, modern Christianity, is that we have put so much emphasis on just telling the people the doctrine or the, just the words of the gospel and not have well demonstrated in our lives or through our lives. I think that's the, the biggest uh, tragedy of, of Christianity of the modern world. That we tell people, believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved but then our lives do not exemplify what that means. If we have received the liberty in Christ, our lives should example that. When we come together and we share God's experience together, there's a great, um, I don't, it's something happens when we experience God together that, that creates this bond that, that nothing else can create. But as we come together and experience this, this is what we need to be taking out with us. Not just words, not just, you know, the doctrines, or not just the teachings, although they're a very important part. 
but our lives have to be the living witness. And the way that that living witness comes about is through koinonia, deep fellowship, deep care for one another. And how do we do that in a church? I think that easiest way, most practical way, is by constantly praying for one another. We won't be praying for other people if we don't care. And I think that intercession, praying for others, is a great way to develop koinonia among us. So that when, they're, when you're together, when you're apart, you could be praying for one another. There's one, that's one way of developing this spirit of koinonia. But another way is to come together and enjoy each other's fellowship over meals. Like I said um, earlier, I love preparing food because it gives me joy and anticipation that people will enjoy it. Right? It brings people together, and there's joy in the midst. In the same way, come. Come together. Come constantly, as often as you can. Share food together. Share laughters together. Share your life together. Not in a hurried way. Oh, Wednesdays we have, you know, 7 to 9, we're just going to come together. You know, it's not a programmed thing. It's a viral thing because we want to. Because we experience God together. And more we get together in anticipation for God to come, the more we want to come together the more we desire it. And then that's how revival begins. So I want to just applaud you, as I said earlier, for just being able to stay connected, stay and holding this space for others to come and worship together. But I also want to encourage you to be true to your name, because your name is Dogamsa, it's T-H-M-C. The word has, the, your title has home and missions, right? Dogamsa Home Mission, Home Missions Church. How beautiful is that? That you already have the understanding of what a New Testament church is about. It is about meeting in smaller gatherings, meeting in homes, meeting in your, in your vulnerable spaces, your, your most comfortable spaces, and then it's about missions, going out. So the purpose of church is coming together to experience God together. That's the purpose, to develop and foster koinonia. How do we live more like Jesus? How do I inspire one another to be more like Jesus? And as we learn that and as we practice that, we take that out. We scatter into our workspaces, in our homes, in our neighbors, to the world, in other places. That's what we take out how we do life together as Christ followers. So I made the sermon short on purpose today because I wanted to give us some time to practice this. And oftentimes, like I said, we come to church and we just come and then go, right? We, we're passive uh, participants. But really, church was meant to be very active, where you are actively participating Church was never meant to be for you to be passive, right? So I want to give some time for that to happen today, okay? So what we're going to do is I want to be, uh, I would like for you to just get in the groups of three or four people. Three or four people around you, 
and just take time to hear their prayer requests and pray for one another, okay? Just not, not those like pretty prayers, oh God, please help them, you know? But deep prayers that you might have that God might put onto your heart. Pray for one another, okay? And if you feel uncomfortable praying for one another, that's okay. Just, you can just say, I see you, I hear you. Holy Spirit will help you. Okay, so if you're uncomfortable praying because you, you've not been in church for long, that's okay. But still, we can listen. We can hear, right? And then after you have prayed with one another, what I want you to do is come up as a group and come and take your uh, communion elements. And then I want you to go back to your group and take the communion together as your own groups. Does that make sense? It's different from what the way you guys been doing it. But I imagine this is sort of how the first churches did it. They didn't have elements that they passed out. They just broke bread. And as they were breaking bread, they remembered Jesus. They remembered what Jesus did for them, right? Today, um, you know, we have sort of formalized communion into having a little cup of juice and a little wafer. But this is not how first churches did it. So I wanted to create that sense for us, but still with the understand with the restrictions of COVID and so forth. So we'll still have the same elements that we did last week, but I wanted to create space where you guys can minister to one another and experience the Holy Spirit among you. Okay. So um, and as you do take your communion together, the left side of the screen is for the breaking of bread. So when you take your bread, say this to one another. And then as you take your cup, say the right side together. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So I'm just going to give the space. I know it can be awkward, but try to just give yourself a little bit of openness. And, um, and those of you who have been here longer can approach some of the people that are new. Okay? So... Um, yeah, go your ways and spend some time praying. So as we close, let's remember that the reason why we gather together every Sunday is to experience God together and to experience what deep fellowship with God with one another means. That is why we gather. And the reason why we scatter is to take that deep fellowship with us, to show others a different way of living, different way of life with Jesus looks like. So I want to give benediction over us as we close. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and koinonia of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and keep you blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.